0: Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Welcome to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis, Alongside me, as always, my partner in crime, Mike McShane. Mike, what's going on today, man?
1: How are we doing, Jonathan? It's the longest day of the year. It is. And, you know, it's only noon, and it already feels like it's been... Two days
0: long for me. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's all like that, too, but I've been up since 5 o'clock, so I think that's the reason why it's feeling a little bit longer.
1: Oh, man. But at the same
0: time, it's Friday and it's summer, so.
1: It's it's light out at 5 in the morning, too. It is.
0: It is. Let me tell you, I woke up, and I kind of thought it was around 7.30.
1: Yeah, I, 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 have, uh, I, I have been awake at that time. I generally do not rise at that time, but I am awake at that time sometimes. <laughs> I might just be going to bed about that time. <laughs> oh,
0: man, that's pretty bad. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: first day of summer. What a nice, uh, what a nice, uh, and a beautiful day here, too. It's
0: it's a beautiful day, and it's Friday, like I said, and it's summer, and we're going to have a good show today. It's a Friday show. We have a lot of things to talk about, and a very special guest joining us at around the 12-15, 12-20 mark will be Julie Bueller. And if nobody's ever heard of that name, Julie Bueller hosts her own show called Bueller's Day Off, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. on 1010 KXPS out in Palm Desert, California. So what does that mean? We're going to talk California sports with Julie. We're going to talk about the Lakers. We're going to talk about the Angels. We're going to talk about the Clippers. We'll talk about anything California, Mike. Anything California. There you go. I love it. Uh, it's going to be a good one, man. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that because as everybody knows, Mike and I, we love to talk about the mess the of the Lakers. Lakers.
1: Absolutely. I think it's what? It's got to be our number two topic, at least our number two. It's uh what? It's uh, steroids, biogenesis, PEDs, and then the Lakers. And your age. Uh, that does come up occasionally, too. <laughs> Occasionally? (laughs) I think it comes up
0: a little bit more than that.
1: Just so long as it's not linked with PEDs. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Tony
2: Bosch.
1: Right. But guess what? We will be talking about that as well. So, wow, it's going to be a great show for us. Yeah, really. We got that on the agenda. I think we got a little bit of everything on the agenda.
0: We absolutely do. So let's start
1: it off, Mike, with Today in Sports. Today in Sports, I'm going to take us back to kind of a sad day for a lot of people, 1939. Uh, uh, Just thinking about the year, Jonathan, any guesses?
0: 1939? Yes, on this day. Uh, I could probably guess a bunch of things, but I'm not going to because okay. I don't want to look like a bum today.
1: Lou Gehrig quit baseball due to his illness. Yep.
0: No. Lou Gehrig. Yep. It's you know what? I just mentioned that just before the show, I was listening to James Gandolfini reciting Lou Gehrig's speech at Yankee Stadium a few years oh, ago. Oh, how about that? And – since we weren't on air for this, we do want to say, uh, you know, we do pass our condolences on to the the friends and family of James Gandolfini. Everybody knows him as Tony Soprano from The Sopranos. Amazing Broadway career, amazing movie career. Uh, passed away a couple of nights ago at the age of 51. Huge, huge, huge New York Jets and New York Rangers fan, Mike. So I've seen a lot of James Gandolfini at Jets Stadium and at MSG. And, uh, wow, I was shocked to hear about it. It really was shocked.
1: I was shocked, to be honest with you. Uh, number one that he was as young as he was, mm-hmm. I actually thought he was older than that. He uh, saw sopranos
0: when he was thirty seven
1: I know crazy when huh? you go back when you go back and take a look at and I, and i've got to be honest i 've never actually had the opportunity to see a lot of the sopranos in fact i 've never even seen a full season yeah uh, it 's on my it 's on my to do list um, but I have seen clips from you know the first season, and when yeah. I heard that that you know he was as young as that when when this when the uh, series first
0: started, I'm
1: thinking to myself, "Holy smokes, he looks he looked older than that then."
0: He did, he did. But
1: uh, 51, wow.
0: Yeah, 51. He was a great guy. I mean, everything you hear about him was you know everybody was talking about how you know oh, Tony's probably Tony. No, because James Gandolfini was an actor. He acted that. Everybody said he was completely night and day from that role. Sure. Great guy. Uh, I, I loved his acting career. One of my favorite roles, believe it or not, was uh, when he played the mayor of New York City in uh, *The Taken of Pelham Bay one two three. Two thought he was phenomenal in that, and I think he was phenomenal in everything he did. Just uh, it's real sad that he passed away. He was way too young, uh, James Gandolfini. And like I said, uh, you know, a big Jets and Rangers fan. So for the Jets and Rangers uh, world, I mean, we lost a uh, you know a great fan of the teams. So,
1: you know, th- that's the problem with playing the kind of role that he did, though, in *The Sopranos*. Yeah, I think that once you play that kind of a role it's It's without a doubt one of the most stereotyping types of situations you'll put yourself in, even when you take a look at uh other actors and even actresses who have played in mob type films, frequently that is what they're known for, and you find them starting to show up in similar genre type pieces down the line,
0: yeah, but he didn't thankfully, I mean he did a couple of little things i mean there was just a you know, a movie on Nickelodeon one of my nephews were watching sure. it was called Nicky Deuce and it was him and all these other guys from The Sopranos were in it. And, you know, he he didn't look great. He didn't look great. Uh, you know, he looked a little bit bigger than he normally was. Um, you know, but then I saw some video from from just a couple of weeks ago and he looked like he lost a little weight. Mm-hmm. He looked good. He was happy. He was in good spirits. And then all of a sudden now we got these uh, pictures leaking out from his final day um, and, and and final night in Italy because he was over in Italy with his 13-year-old son – who is a huge Los Angeles Kings fan, by the way. And um, he, he didn't look that good. He he looked really? bigger again. Yeah, he didn't wow. look that good to me. So uh, I was shocked to say, because everybody was telling me how bad he looked in that movie. I saw it. I was like, wow, well, but I just saw some videos of I him, and he looked really, really good. He was in good spirits, Um, you know, talking about David Chase and the Sopranos. And, you know, real sad, real sad for, uh, you know, fans of James Gandolfini. Um, you know, I was a fan of his. Uh, I'm not going to say one of the biggest fans. I enjoyed his work. Uh, but you know, it, it is a sad, so, uh, you know, our condolence and prayers out to uh, his family and friends over there. Real sad, real sad, Mike. Uh, let's start it off with, uh, the NBA finals today, Mike, because guess what? We do have a champion and unfortunately it's not the San Antonio Spurs who I would have liked to congratulate today, but congratulations to the Miami Heat. Nonetheless, uh, you know, you guys won it you know, you won it fair and square. Uh, you, you did a damn good job, Mike Dwayne Wade looked good last night. Uh, LeBron James looked good as he did in the whole series, and you know what? You got to give big, big props to one of my favorite, Shane Battier, who, if it wasn't for him last night with 18 points off the bench, they possibly wouldn't have won this game. Yeah.
1: Well, this game, um, in my opinion, lived up to uh, all of the hype coming off of Game Six. Uh, when you when you take a look at Game Six, and I, you know, a lot of people are putting that one down as potentially one of the greatest, most classic basketball playoff games ever. Yeah. Game Seven, in my opinion. Did live up to it. Now, the end score wasn't as close as that, but when you take a look at it uh, quarter by quarter, uh, Miami was only up by two at the end of one, uh, continued to only be up by two at the uh, halftime. By the end of three, uh, they were up by only one. Yes. Uh, This game was won, again, in the fourth quarter. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: And really, my opinion, I think really in the last couple of minutes, Two turnovers by Ginobili just put a fork in it.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely killed him. You could see the H killed him in that game seven as well, Mike. Uh, I just you know.
1: sat here. I mean, I I was screaming at the set at Ginobili. It, I couldn't it, believe those turnovers.
0: It, it it was it was it was bad, you know. Especially that missed shot at the end by Tim Duncan that could have, yep. uh, you know, gave them a big lift. But in the end, going into the off season, there's one thing the San Antonio Spurs have to do, and that's to get a bench. You got to get a bench because it was terrible, Gary Neal just looks lost. Mm -hmm. Boris Diaw is Boris Diaw. He's going to give you five, maybe up to eight points per game off the bench. He's okay, but he only played 13 minutes. You know what? When you can play a guy like Tiago Splitter, who you depended on most of the season, play him only four minutes as a big man off the bench in game seven, that's bad. Right. That's bad. You know, you have to get a bench, San Antonio. You have to get a bench. Greg Popovich, I thought he did another phenomenal job of coaching this first team throughout the year and in this playoffs. Um, I don't see his coaching as an ill effect on why San Antonio lost.
1: Absolutely not. I
0: see the age being a little bit of a factor there. Absolutely. And, you know, Miami just, you know, they took that game. And when they were down 3-2, that was a big, big game for San Antonio to win. They gave all the momentum over to Miami, like you said, Mike.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, you had to kind of think that some of that was going to happen. now, you, you know, I know a lot of people were saying, going into game seven, look, it was anybody's game. And for sure, it really was. But to lose that game six the way that they did, when they were up by uh, three with seven seconds left in the game, when they were up by seven with uh, 28 seconds remaining in the game,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and to lose that game in that respect, uh, you had to think it was going to take some of the wind out of their sails. Um, Who was I watching uh, after that that game? Press conference with, with, uh, I guess it was Tim Duncan. I mean, he just looked absolutely distraught.
2: Yeah, he
0: did. But, you know what, Timmy D, he's got championships already, man. I'm sure you wanted to win one more, go out on top the way he is, but, you know what, in my mind, Tim Duncan is still going to go out on top. Absolutely. You know, one of the best players, you know, we'll probably ever see from that position ever again, Mike, because that's a dying position. So
1: Well, and you got to, you know, I think off season two, got to wonder what, what's the future going to hold for Ginobili. I mean, I, I, I don't
0: know if he's necessarily going to be back with the Spurs next year. Uh, don't I, I, I just don't think he should be, Mike. I I, I honestly think... If you're going to keep a Tim Duncan around, which you are, you're going to yeah. keep a Tony Parker around, you've got to yeah. get a little bit younger, and you saw what youth could do with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy was a beast yesterday, 19 points, another 16 rebounds. You know, that's you know, now they're looking at their future. I think by watching what Leonard could do, Greg Popovich is getting a sense of what kind of players they really need to bring in now because, you know what, your, your core of Timmy D, Tony Parker, and Ginobili, it's not going to suffice in this NBA right now, Mike. Uh, you know, and of course, out of the three, who could you get rid of? You have to get rid of Ginobili. It can't be Parker, because Parker's still a very good, effective point guard in this league. And you can't get rid of Timmy Duncan, because guess what? Timmy Duncan has to retire San Antonio Spurs. He can't go anywhere else. I agree. So
1: I agree. Now, Miami, in my opinion, has their own set of questions they're going to have to deal with in the offseason as well. Absolutely. I mean, because let's, let me, let's get it straight. This was not a dominating playoff performance, in my opinion, by Miami. No, it wasn't. All right? I mean, they won. They won at fair and square, and that's fine, and they're the, they're the champion for the second year in a row. Yes. But you cannot look at this and, and and start labeling dynasty on this team.
0: No, you can't. You can't. There there were a lot of question marks on this team. Chris Bosh, big, big question mark. Another oh, yeah. just awful, awful night of play from Chris Bosh. Zero great. points, seven rebounds, 0-5 shooting. Yep. It just wasn't good for Chris Bosh. Another thing is guys like Mike Miller, Ray Allen, Rashard Lewis, uh, Joel Anthony are these the type of guys that are going to return? Is these the type of guys that they still want? I see when you go forward next year, you'll most likely see Chris Anderson on their bench. Shane Batty is not going anywhere. Shane Batty was phenomenal in this playoff series. Correct, was phenomenal all of the playoffs for Miami. Uh, but you have two starting positions now to look at because shooting guard, you got one, or even small forward, excuse me, because they you know they rolled out two shooting guards last night. But center and small forward. Uh, you know, pretty big because depending well, on where you're gonna leave, are you are you gonna leave James at you know shooting guard? Are you gonna leave him at you know at, at small forward? Are you gonna go with Wade next year? So some question marks there for Miami as well, Mike.
2: Absolutely.
1: Where are you gonna go with Wade? I mean, that's that that's been one of the bigger questions. Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, and he, he didn't really have a good playoff, Mike. He he really didn't. So.
1: Now, I I talked about it though. You know, you could just see the guy just was out of gas. Yeah. Now he, he had a good game last night.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, he had a good game the last three games now. All right. They were they were good. That that game four was phenomenal, right. or game five, whichever one it was. That game four or five for him was phenomenal. The games before that, he was not good. That second after that good game, it was a decent one. He scored 20 points, but from a Dwayne Wade, you expect a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, last night, 23 points, uh, 10 rebounds from Dwayne Wade. He was another big reason why the Miami Heat won last night, because if he would have disappeared – on top of Bosch going 0 for 5 and 0 points, on top of Miller going 0 for 4 from 3-point land with 0 points, mm-hmm. you know, Shane Batty's 18 points wouldn't have been enough, and especially Ray Allen, another 20 minutes for him, and he didn't do anything. 0 points for him as well. So a lot of question marks, Mike. Yep. For both teams.
1: So yeah, that's fun, teams. man. You know,
0: you know, two teams going into Game 7 in the NBA Finals, and we're talking about them like, what are they going to do for next year? Because it looks like they're falling apart.
1: Yeah, it's a kind of a funny irony to it, isn't it?
0: It really is. It really is. Well, well, that's it for the NBA season. Congratulations to the Miami Heat knocking off the San Antonio Spurs in Game Seven in the NBA Finals last night. Now, Mike, it's the off season, and we do have some things to talk about basketball, but it's California stuff. So we want to wait to get on the line with Julie Bueller about that, yeah, because I want to get her opinion. So let's go right into the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, Mike. Wednesday's game. It was high-scoring game. It it, it honestly looked like a baseball game. Yeah, I could expect we were going to have at least one like this. I don't know. 11 goals in one game. I wasn't expecting that, especially with the way uh, Tuka Rask has been playing. And we know Corey Crawford's a little bit Swiss cheese with his glove side. But uh, even with that, you know, I was expecting maybe four goals going against him. Uh, You know, 11 goals in a playoff game. That's You know, if hockey wasn't exciting enough, as it is, especially the series, Mike, here you go, 11 goals in a game to tie well, it. You
1: know, it's funny you talk about you talk about Crawford's uh, glove side. Uh they were actually highlighting that I think at least four, if not five of those goals, uh came on uh on uh right right there at the glove side.
2: hmm
1: Oh no it did.
0: It is unfortunately I didn't get to watch that game, but Blackhawks won six to five in overtime. This uh series is now tied up two two and game five tomorrow, Mike. It's a
1: third of four games that have gone to overtime. Yes. So, you know, you talk about the excitement level of the NHL and the playoffs. And uh, regardless of the score, you know, you're saying how, you know, it was a high-scoring game. Yes, it was. (laughs) Like I said, you had to kind of expect you were going to get at least one of those. Um, I don't expect to see that again. I'm going to be honest with you, throughout the rest of this season, or this playoffs, uh, finals. I don't expect to see that. I think you're going to, I think it'll go back to being low-scoring
0: games. But I think they'll all continue to be tight as these have been. Now, let me ask you this now. Uh, game game five tomorrow, 8 o'clock on NBC. Do the Blackhawks now have the momentum, or is it the same thing as we said before? The Bruins are playing better hockey. It just seems to be falling in the favor of the two wins now for the Blackhawks. Yeah, you know, we've
1: gone back and forth with this one. And, you know, uh, that's a great, great question. I'm not quite sure how to read it. Uh, when I checked uh, the line on it yesterday, uh, Chicago, I believe, is favored. But that's a hometown favorite is what they're doing there. Uh, they're, you know, it's, it's simply a home situation. We've seen on both sides, however, uh, and, and we've seen it for years now, really, in hockey particularly, home ice doesn't seem to make any difference.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't.
1: So, you know, I, I don't know which way to go with this. Blackhawks had to win. I mean, that that was a that, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. They had to win on Wednesday night, and they did what they had to do. Uh, now, you know, it becomes a three-game series.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Now it's time to talk some California sports and let's get to our guest, Julie Bueller, joining us right now on Fan Junkies Radio. Julie, how you doing?
3: What's up fellas? I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Very good. Thanks for being with us, Julie. Of course. We appreciate it. So let's jump right into it and talk a little bit of Los Angeles Lakers. Julie, I don't <laughs> you probably have never heard us before, but we love to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers because this season was just a mess for the Lakers.
2: <laughs> and
0: I'm sure and I'm sure you spoke a lot about it yourself. Uh, going into the off season now, a lot of question marks. Dwight Howard's a big question mark. Uh, you know, where do you see the Lakers going?
3: Um, well, not up, and I think that's an important distinction because it's generally been the paradigm of a Lakers fan to expect a championship contending team. And uh, this is going to be some really interesting years in Laker history because, a, you have a a pretty peculiar coaching. Situation, we'll say right. uh, peculiar to be kind to Mike D'Antoni. I think that arguably could have been one of the worst hires in coaching history, considering the roster that Kepchek built and uh, how how badly was, D'Antoni was was able to utilize that roster. But yeah. that's one caveat, and and that's almost as big a deal as that should be. That's almost uh, you know fourth on the list of big things that are going to be happening this off season. Um, the Dwight Howard thing is big, too, whether or not he goes or stays. I don't think that there is anything, anything that happened last year that made you think, okay, Dwight Howard is going to stay for the for uh, existential reasons. The only reason he's going to make a decision is likely based on money, and we know the Houston Rockets can offer him more money, and, um, and also Texas doesn't have that state income tax, so he'll make more money in Houston. so While Kobe came out and said that they're going to... uh, He thinks Dwight Howard's going to stay put. uh, I think that's a 50-50 shot at best. I think it's a coin flip. And and I think it's a crapshoot to assume that. And then, fellas, as if those two issues weren't weren't enough (laughs) to keep Laker fans scratching their heads, you have this ruptured Achilles of Kobe Bryant. I mean, this iconic franchise player that you hope could sail into the sunset um, actually crashed and burned on a deserted island, fellas, and he's out there all by himself.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
3: and looking around going, am I ever going to be as good as I once was? Well, um, from the doctors I spoke to, and believe me, I, I've spoken to a lot of uh, therapists, doctors, you name it. Of course, Kobe has the best help on the face of the planet, but man, you mm. rupture an Achilles, you may never be the same again. So very, uh, very interesting things. And Laker fans, they just have to kind of sit back and wait to see what happens. This whole Jim Bus versus Genie Bus, how does Phil fit in? It's all, uh, it's all very soap opera esque.
1: Julie, you've kind of got your finger—I'm sure you do—on the fan base there. What's the sentiment from the Laker fans with regard to Howard? Is—is uh, is there, you know, our fans saying we want him back or get him the hell out of town? Uh, Or is it non-plus? They just don't care.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And you know what? They just don't care. The bigger the bigger issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The bigger issue is Kobe. Um, There was so much excitement last summer when the Lakers signed Steve Nash. I was probably the only sports talk radio host that said, "Whoa, ease off the throttle here, ladies and gentlemen." Um, (laughs) A, he's thirty-nine. B, he doesn't play defense, and. and I took a lot of heat for that. But um, Laker fans were so excited about that. And then Dwight Howard came along, and it was just like, man, sign us up for the Larry O'Brien trophy five times over. <laughs>
2: um, and
3: and like I said, fellas, you have to remember, this is a fan base that expects to be in the NBA right. Finals every yep. year. This is not yeah. a fan base that knows what a rebuilding year is. It's not like the Clippers fan base. So um, – they, they honestly, it, every time I take a straw poll of where do you want Dwight Howard to go, I get probably fifty-five, forty-five, let him go, um, and okay. then then you have you have about forty-five percent, maybe sometimes forty percent, depending on what he's saying in the media, um, that say nah, punt him, we don't need him. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: I hear what you're saying about Kobe, uh, and you know the question marks that are surrounding his injury. But I mean seriously, is there any doubt that Kobe Bryant is going to come back? There's little in my mind.
3: Well, there should be a lot more than a little. There really should be. I mean, physiologically, look, Kobe's the black mama. I, I'm one of the biggest Kobe apologists, probably in sports talk radio. I think he's <laughs> he's he's one of the uh the truly great players yes. um in, in our generation. Um and what he does, you know, like if I'm trying to push through one of my workouts, I think what would Kobe do, and I get a couple extra reps out. So <laughs> uh, There you so go. There, there's, yeah, there's no question. He is a, a great, great player. But, guys, I don't care who you are. You've got 17 years of basketball on your body. You can't no. will the body to say, oh, yeah, let's turn the clock back to being 25. And, and uh, fellas, a ruptured Achilles for a 25-year-old is a bad, bad sign. A yeah, that's a big deal. Phillies for a 34-year-old, that's that's almost a, you know, take him in the back and make glue out of him type of sign.
2: So mm-hmm.
3: um, it is, it's a bad thing. Can Kobe come back? If anybody can, it's Kobe. And like I said, he's got the best doctors around him. But there should be more than just a little doubt in anyone's mind.
1: So it sounds like your prognosis for the Lakers at this point is fan base, get ready, you're looking at a couple of years of mediocrity.
3: Can't tell you how many times I've said that on air. Can't okay. tell you how many times I've said that on air. Yep. I said, I said, Laker fans, buckle in. Look, I'm a 49ers fan, fellas. I have one team in all of sports, and it's the Niners. And uh, we were mediocre for uh, over a decade, and then Jim Harbaugh came along. So, um, I get it. But for a Lakers fan base, they do need to understand. Expect- you cannot go through a season at that fever pitch expectation of we're going to get to the – we're going to be in the finals. They eke into the playoffs this year, okay? Next yeah. year, it's going to be even worse.
0: Yeah. I,
1: well, Jonathan, it sounds like you and I have got fodder for the next
0: couple of seasons. Too. Oh, absolutely. So Listen, awesome.
2: <laughs> it, You know, it wasn't like
0: the Los Angeles Lakers were setting the world on fire this season anyway. They fired Mike Brown after five games, which yeah. both Mike and I here, we thought that was just ridiculous. <laughs> Bernie Bickerstaff, uh, I thought, did a phenomenal job coming in as the interim coach there for a little bit. Should have left him there, and then all of a sudden, here you go with Mike D'Antoni coming in with a totally different system where, you know, the only person that could really run in that system probably over there was Steve Nash at the time and most likely Kobe. Do we have to look at the Lakers and point
3: fingers at them? Fellas, the only guy that could run in that system was Steve Nash five years ago. Not Steve Uh Nash of today. Why do you think he ended up on the bench injured all year long? Yeah. No, Yeah, you've got to point your finger at the players. Yeah, sure. But yeah. I think more importantly, you point your finger at Cupcheck saying, yeah, D'Antoni is our guy when we big have up. a big man that we want to build around. You're not going to yeah. build around Steve Nash. You're going to build around Dwight Howard. You need no. to get a head coach that's going to suit Dwight Howard's game plan and game style of play. They didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute failure in, in oversight. And um, now you're stuck. 'cause Mike Brown's under contract and you have Dan Tony that they signed to a four year deal. okay. Yep. I, I just feel like punching myself in the face for that. Um, <laughs> it's just a terrible, terrible game plan. So yeah, the Lakers are gonna have some tough years here.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look good. Now let's go to the other side of the bowl and talk a little bit about the Clippers. Uh these ongoing trade talks with the Boston Celtics to try to land themselves Kevin Garnett and Doc Rivers. Celtics had a press no, conference wait. today.
3: Can I, can I interrupt yeah, here? Go ahead, update. Can I it, interrupt, interrupt here it. with that? Because, yeah, because uh, yeah, the Celtics had this press conference all set up. Make no mistake, the Clippers don't want Kevin Garnett. They want Doc Rivers. Everything else is just right. details. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, the trade as it was, all these pieces that are flying around on the outside, don't get confused. Don't get confused. Focus on Doc Rivers. That is the only thing that matters. Yeah. And and we talked about it on, on my show, and everyone was complaining about, well, we can't give up Eric Bledsoe. I said, look, if it's Eric Bledsoe or Doc Rivers, who do you want? Of course you want Doc Rivers. So make this thing happen. And uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Get back into your, your your question.
0: Well, that's actually where I was going because where I was hearing from was DeAndre Jordan would possibly go be going over for Kevin Garnett, which I thought was probably the dumbest move the Los Angeles Clippers could make. Now mm-hmm. the press conference today is canceled,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: Danny Ainge announces that they're still talking. Do you think a mm-hmm. deal is going to get done? Do you think Doc Rivers is going to be the head coach of the Clippers?
3: Um, gosh, can I say what I want rather <laughs> well, yes, than what I think is going to happen? Please, uh, I think I think Doc Rivers really is the one guy that if you get him, Chris Paul absolutely stays. And yeah. that's, that's what oh, okay. the Clippers need to focus on that's right now. Is They need to yep. focus on minimizing opportunities for Chris Paul to ditch him and to leave. And I think Doc Rivers is the one head coach that takes care, lessens variables, and, and makes Chris Paul say, okay, we're moving in the right direction. We're taking that next step. Lionel Hollins injects a lot of variables. Shaw, mm-hmm. Byron Scott, a lot more variables. If I'm Chris Paul, if, if the Clippers pull off this Doc Rivers deal – then I know, all right, the Clippers are a committed franchise. They want to move forward in winning. But if you're a player and you just gave the franchise their greatest season in franchise history and they fire the head coach, fellas, that reeks. the San Diego Chargers getting norbed to me. I mean, you just don't fire a head coach after the best franchise season ever unless you have a plan B, which the Clippers clearly did not, and they're hoping to – Somehow uh, piecemeal together a plan B in in Doc Rivers. That's the only guy that I think is out there that you can bring in. And Chris Paul says, "Okay, I'm staying put." Every other every other head coach, you're looking at the same type of situations. Chris Paul as you are Dwight Howard. 50 50 shot, no loyalty there. And and how much money are we looking at?
1: Yeah. You might be answering my question, Julie, and that is um, the question I had was. Why do the Clippers want Doc Rivers so badly this year? If I'm not mistaken, he only has one year left, and then he'd be available. Why don't they just wait the year? It sounds like what you you're know, saying is this is a way to cement it, that Chris Paul goes nowhere.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and Rivers actually has three years, $21 million oh, okay. left on his contract. Um, but, but, yeah, that's the deal, fellas, is um, – you know, you bring in any other head coach, and Chris Paul is going to kind of be scratching his head. Are we going to regress, or are we going to continue moving forward? And, right. and absolutely, Chris Paul has put a stamp of approval on Doc Rivers, and, um, and I think that's why the franchise is going to be pushing heavily towards that. And I think, too, it's important to note that, <coughs> that um, the, the Celtics and the Clippers are still talking because I'm sure Doc Rivers has told Danny Ainge, look, I think it's time for me to move on. I think it's yeah. time to to kind of you know I've been here a long time I, I want to see what the grass looks like on the other side, and and I think Danny respects that, but the talks wouldn't continue unless Doc Rivers wanted to be a Clipper. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why should Doc Rivers want to stay? I mean, everybody's leaving that team as it is, and everybody's aging out of it. So I think he deserves right. to go somewhere else, somewhere good. I, I would like to see that for them. So. Now, let's talk a little bit of baseball. Uh, <laughs> we have our own little thing going on over here between the Angels, between the Dodgers. Flip a coin, who's the first thing to be to go madly, a Socia? In right. your mind, what's going on with both the Angels and the Dodgers this year?
3: All right, I'm going to the Angels game, so I'll start with them. Um, right. The Angels have a very similar problem to the Lakers, fellas, in that they have a manager, Mike Socia, who likes to play small ball, and a GM, Jerry Depoto who signed a bunch of home run hitters. So right. you have them winning one-nothing games, not because they got four singles, but because they got one home run. And yeah. um, I, I don't think it works. I don't know if Mike Sosha knows how to get to Pujols or to talk to Hamilton. Or, um, I think if, if Sosha had his way, he'd have Trout, he'd have Borges, he'd have Trumbo, he'd have kiaspo and, and, you know, obviously Kendrick is just exploding right now. But I, I think – would get rid of his his big-time contracts and just get a bunch of gritty gritty players that want to run the base paths and manufacture runs, Um, and instead DePoto wants the long ball. So I I think that there's this kind of internal struggle within the Angels organization. Um, The other problem was, and again, when Josh Hamilton was signed and the phone lines exploded with people crazy about excitement, I said, guys, ease off the throttle. This team doesn't need another home run bat. This team needs a bullpen. This team needs some starting pitching. We saw what happened when Jared Weaver, by the way, fell on the ground. My five-year-old nephew does that all the time. He doesn't break his elbow, but that's fine. They're baseball players, not football players. Um, And when Jared Weaver went down, all of a sudden, the gigantic tailspin, and whether or not the Angels pulled themselves out of this is anyone's guess. I don't know if they make the playoffs, fellas, uh, despite adding Hamilton and Pujols and – the big offseason last year, it's kind of deja vu for the Angels, stumbling out of the gate. Can they turn it on after the All-Star break? Probably. Will it be enough? Probably not. Um, With the Dodgers, it's a fascinating look at uh, how you can spend a lot of money for a bunch Mm -hmm. of junk. And um, the Dodgers, of course, injuries have been just very difficult for them with their pitching staff. And Hanley Ramirez, we see how good he can be if he's healthy, six hits in in that series against the Yankees. But, again, that hamstring, he's on the DL more than he's healthy. Um, But Yaziel Puig has been an absolute lightning bolt for that franchise. He's the type of player that if you're going to uh, instill some kind of ferocity in in a lineup, he's the type of player you get. Because, yeah, he makes mistakes, but they're the good type of overly aggressive mistakes of a young player. So, um i I think mattingly is safe i put more of the dodgers woes on ned coletti Mm
2: -hmm.
3: uh is mattingly a great manager i don't know i don't i don't think so he doesn't get me excited um but is he the type of guy that can keep a good team together yes is he the type of guy that can piecemeal a team with a bunch of injuries no so if you're going to give him a good team that that can stay injury free i think he's a good guy to have around um Sosa, look, well, fellas, he's got like a ten-year deal. I think he's got eight years left on it. So, Holy smokes! Uh, yeah, oh, man. I mean, he's 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 got a long-standing deal oh. because Moreno loves him. And again, I think I think it's more Depoto that you need to look at and say, why do you keep bringing in the bats when they need mm-hmm. arms?
1: Wow. Yeah, that, that I I can't believe anybody would sign a contract like that. Wow.
3: Yeah. Yes, right. he, yeah he's, and he's been around a while
0: there anyway.
1: So, well,
3: I, I can't believe anyone would offer a contract like that. I know why Social signs that contract. But
1: yeah, sure. Right. I don't know oh, why yeah, anyone absolutely. would
3: offer that contract.
0: Man, sounds like the island is signing people. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, well, Julie, you know what? We want to thank you for uh, taking the time out of your schedule to join us today to talk a little California sports, and uh, hopefully stuff. we can get you back on in the future with us. Great stuff.
3: Hey, you got it, fellas. Anytime, and uh, have a have a good day in New York. It's only about 80 here today in SoCal, so you know it's getting close it's to a that. Cool it's getting
0: close to that here. Yeah. Yeah, it's more awesome. humid here than anything. So.
3: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys have a great day. Good talking to you.
0: Thanks, Thanks Julie. Good stuff. Talking uh, California sports with Julie Bueller out there in Palm Desert, California. She hosts Bueller's Day Off on 1010 KXPS Mondays through Fridays, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can also listen to it streaming on te- Team1010.com.
1: Yeah, she uh, uh, good insight there on both the Clippers and the, and the Lakers. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, I
0: didn't know uh, Social was on a 10-year deal inside of eight years. I didn't know
1: that either. That's that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I did not know that. I thought he was still uh, working on his uh, last deal.
1: I mean, what are you? They're they're kind of tied. I mean, you yeah. can't. What do what, what the heck are you gonna do with that?
0: No, they are. Man, uh, what the hell is going on in L.A. with these coaches? Wow. They, they're going to be on tap for about three, uh, you know, three to four coaches before social's deal even uh, ends up. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man, all right, Mike, well, let's uh, keep it into the baseball field here on Wednesday. We mentioned uh, right at the end of the show, actually, I just got the text message that uh, supposedly A-Rod met Tony Bosch, the uh, Biogenesis f- founder at the uh, last year's ALCS after uh, the Yankee Slugger, uh, so it helped after uh, going in through a 1-for-9 slump. Mike, seriously, how stupid can you be Well, to bring this guy to the ALCS? Yeah, <laughs> stupid or arrogant? Both!
1: You know, um, oh, no, A-Rod's arrogant. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when when you uh, threw that one at me the other day, uh, you might remember, I mean, my response was just one of absolute uh, astonishment. I couldn't yeah. believe that somebody would be that arrogant uh, as to flaunt this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to wonder, you know, and I, I you know, conspiracy theory. You know, you got to wonder and you you've mentioned it yourself before, Jonathan, and I hate to kind of buy into your camp there, but you got to wonder whether Major League Baseball had some inkling about some of this stuff as it was going on.
0: You you would have to think. I mean, listen, you're not going to have these guys walking around Shrinky Stadium and really nobody not knowing what's going on. Yeah. Right? You, you would think exactly. I mean, yeah, you would have to know that they're going. To, I mean, that these people are walking around, you would have to think somebody had just an inkling yeah, of somebody, what was going on with all of this stuff.
1: Exactly, somebody's going to say, "Who's this guy? What is he? Where's where, where he from? Uh, what, what's his role?" You know, somebody's going to ask those questions, and you you, you better have it. You better have a really tight uh, response for that. Otherwise, it's you know, it, it should be sending up red red flags. I mean, I'm just I, I I'm astounded. I'm it, astounded.
0: It is. Now, you sent me over something, Mike. Talking, yeah. uh, you know, A Rod's attorney basically calling the uh, Major League Baseball's investigation despicable. You read a little bit about this, and something that you predicted on air here with Fan Junkies Radio is starting to come to light now.
1: Yeah. Why don't you let our
0: listeners know what you predicted and what you heard from uh, A Rod's attorney here?
1: Well, A Rod's attorney is essentially, and uh, here's how I'll characterize it for the moment he's kind of doing some saber rattling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only, obviously, is he referring to the investigation as despicable, but more specifically, he's referring to the way that Major League Baseball secured the evidence. And that was that they paid money for it, uh, upwards of $125,000. And I brought this up before, um, a a number of uh, weeks, months ago now, uh, that when you start getting into that kind of thing in a realm of jurisprudence, this is going to become very, very um, touchy
2: yeah. because
1: now you've paid for evidence. Now, just consider for a moment you're going to try to submit that in some respects just by virtue of paying for it. You've tainted it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and that's exactly what his attorney is claiming. Uh, I could see this thing getting completely bogged down in legal ease as attorneys continue to fight over the – Legality of the evidence, the uh, uh, what's the word I want? The uh, uh, how reliable the evidence is? You know, all of these kinds of questions are going to come up, and I had predicted it right here on this program. uh, Like I said a number of months ago, when we got first talking about this.
0: Yeah, it's funny. The uh, attorney, uh, A-Rod's attorney, actually also represents Francisco Cervelli and Yasmani Grandel of the Padres, who are both linked to Biogenesis. Correct. Correct. I mean, seriously, coincidence or what?
1: Oh, well, no, no, That obviously. I mean, that's that's no coincidence at all. Uh, and, and, you know, even there, you know, those of us who are laymen, we look at that, you know, and our eyebrow goes up. But the bottom line is, look, he's a paid, I guess, for all intent and purpose, civil attorney, defense attorney, however you want to look at it. And I'm not going to let that affect it. He's going to do his job as an attorney. And he's doing it. He's yeah. bringing up all the right questions because these are little legal questions you're going to have to get into, Major League Baseball has got a problem with this case. trust me, Oh, absolutely,
2: and this it's funny because not gonna
1: be, you know and it might be why it's taking so long for this whole thing to flesh out. Well, I
0: think they're going through A to Z and trying to find every little loophole possible so nobody can come in and attack them for what they did as well, MLB to get the evidence. correct so i I, I just think there's, there's so much going on behind closed doors, Mike, that nobody knows about. Right, and I, 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 and I'm telling you right now, I still wouldn't be shocked if we don't see any suspensions until the off season. It wouldn't surprise me either. It's going to disappoint me, but it's
1: not. It wouldn't surprise me, uh, because as I, as, as you've just pointed out, and as I, I guess I'm, I'm pointing out as well, this whole thing is so now kind of legalistically convoluted,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, and I agree with you. I think what they're doing is they're lining up their ducks, as I pointed out the other day as well. I think they also are lining up all of the all of their targets, let's put it that way, because I don't think that they want to come out with suspensions on a handful and then, like I said, maybe 10 days, two weeks, two months later, be laying down more suspensions. I think they want to do this in a wide-sweeping sort of way. Uh, But that being said, uh, A-Rod's attorney is bringing up some very, very, in my opinion, legitimate, legalistic questions that I think could really, really bog the whole thing down.
0: Yeah, we had a couple of uh, quotes here, especially one from uh, San Francisco Giants player, Rep. Jeremy Affelt, former pitcher, or actually I think he's still pitching, said, for me, the credibility of the witness has to be involved in this. There, are, These are pretty heavy suspensions coming down. If there's no proof to be able to take our money away off of allegedly this and allegedly that, there's got to be 100% proof. Right. So some of these well, guys that are on the list, these are millions of dollars that you're taking away from these players. It's not like a $5,000 fine.
1: Right. And, and then
0: don't forget, Jonathan, you
1: and I even talked way back a, a while ago about the uh, duplication of some of these documents. How there was, you know, some people had them over here, and then there were other people that had copies of the documents. Now it's over time here, to find
0: the real document. Exactly. On what actually went down. And somebody has it. Somebody has it. Right. You I mean, know what? They'll probably send these documents over to all these different people that are experts in the field of seeing if they were. Uh, Tampered with, and you know, and, I, and I'm sure all that is going down now. So it's you know, like I said, I I wouldn't be shocked. I, I know we had a report last week that said, oh, you know, you know, suspensions are going to come out real soon. I still don't see that. I don't see how it comes out. The only person I could see them coming out and and, and suspending right away over things from the past and even things that are going on now is probably Alex Rodriguez. I don't see them coming out and suspending anybody else until they get everything on paper. 100% know what's going on, and then they can talk suspensions because Major League Baseball has been embarrassed enough. I don't see how they're going to want to embarrass themselves even further by jumping the gun just to suspend these guys and then them turn around and sue Major League Baseball.
1: I think the worst thing in the world that Major League Baseball could possibly do would be to come out and simply suspend just A-Rod. Yeah. That would be putting a target on their back, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the way this particular, uh, A-Rod's attorney is talking. Uh, it-, it would look like Major League Baseball... Is uh, you know singly targeting a rod, uh, and then that's going to create a a, a whole other yeah, uh,
0: storm. Yeah. See, I don't I I don't see or believe Major League Baseball coming down and handing out fifty suspensions in one shot.
1: I I, I frankly do. I think that's the way that I would like to see that happen because I want to see them because... take
0: that initiative to really right what's wrong with this sport by now. And but I I just don't see it. I I think you'll start to see a lot of those minor league guys. And you know bench players and guys that aren't really big names start to get suspended, and it's going to trickle down to the Ryan Bruins and the Alex is towards the end of the list. So that's what I think is going to end up happening, Mike. I mean,
1: well, that's interesting because we're going to we're going to disagree on that one because I I really don't. Think i me, you're wrong. I want to see them
0: come out and do the fifty. I just don't see them doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I no, no, I hear what you're saying.
0: Yeah, uh, I really I, I
1: think that though, if you if you do it in a piecemeal sort of way it kind of sends the signal to everybody, and then everybody's going to start gearing up and getting their defenses ready to go. Well, don't forget I think if you do it all at once, bam, and then, you know, you, you, it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to fire my shot over the bow right now. Here it comes, boom, and then let everybody recoil, and then they're going to have to, you know, uh, I guess, get their defenses together. Yeah, This, thing, this thing's going to end up, if, if he were to, if Major League Baseball were to just go after uh, A-Rod, First of all, they could try to suspend him. I think that his attorney will do everything possible to appeal that suspension and to uh, get it uh, get a stay put on that suspension. So A Rod's going to continue to be able to play, collect his salary, all of that, and it's going to get bogged down. It's going to get bogged down in court.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: but uh, that, that's what would happen if they just went after A Rod. Now I think that's going to happen anyhow, whether they did it with one person or whether they do it in a blanket fifty. Mm. I think there's going to be this situation where it's it's going to be uh, legalistically
0: appealed. Yeah. You know what it is, too, because now let's go back to this, and I think this is another part of the whole thing that's been going on with Major League Baseball. Back in March, beginning of March, Joe Biskegli of TV, who reported the Melky Cabrera suspension a month before it even happened, right. came out and said an anonymous source that he knows said that Robinson Cano, Curtis Grandison, Alex Rodriguez, and Ryan Braun will be suspended for a failing PED test this season, Mike. Mm-hmm. So now, is there two cases of something going on at the same time? Because, as we know, Biscagley reported Cabrera. Major League Baseball said, no, that's not true. And then a month later, suspended Melky Cabrera for 50 games. But didn't we assume that Bisca-
1: Biscagley was actually reporting on the biogenesis break? No, he didn't, because he we reported on to... them failing a PED test this season. I, I know that he didn't specifically use biogenesis by name. No. But I think that the belief was that that's exactly what he was referring to. Yeah. Would that be fair? It, it, it,
0: possibly. No,
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I mean. But if, I think biogenesis...
0: I think what's was going on with Biogenesis, and these four players actually failing a PED test this season could be two different things.
1: I got you. At least no one
0: Granderson involved.
1: We don't know. Well,
0: excuse me, at least with Granderson, but there are other names on this list we don't know about. Correct. So it could now, be just is, about anybody.
1: You had indicated that in one report that you came across, and you just said this the other day to me, uh, that there were numerous names mentioned in there, but that you indicated there did not appear to be enough evidence against Ryan Braun.
0: That's what that's what I were you know that's what I was reading. But at the same right. time, things change. They don't know the full story either.
1: But what I'm saying is, if that's the case, if if in fact that were to be true, mm-hmm. then you might be correct that what the initial report was with Gr- Granderson's name being mentioned and Braun and all, it might be two separate incidents. I don't know.
0: No, no. I guess we'll find out though, because eventually, I mean, you know, well, the bowl's going to drop. Eventually,
1: yeah, There, there's the operative word from. I'm
0: waiting for that axe to fall, Mike You know what, I I, I want to wake up one day Or I want to be just sitting here working Doing some stuff And I want to see 50 players being suspended That were involved in this Because if, if it is true And the evidence is there I want to see the 50 suspensions I do In one shot, I want to see Major League Baseball Grab their players by the balls mm-hmm. And say, listen, we're not messing around no more right. This is what we do you want to do steroids? You want to cheat the game of baseball? We're going to take your money away from you. Mm-hmm. I want to see it, but at the same time, like I said, I don't see Major League Baseball handing out fifty plus suspensions in one day. Well,
1: I, I like you. Uh, want to see the exact same thing? Yeah. If, if in fact, if in fact the the evidence is clear, uh, and legitimate. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Then that's exactly what I want to see as well. I do not want to see this type of situation where it's going to get drug out over four, five, six months, and we're going to be dropping little suspensions here and there. Yeah, think about it. There's possibly
0: possibly 50 to, let's say, 100 names on this list. Mm -hmm. Um, For them to go through this list and interview and investigate each name on that list, Mike, it's going to take a lot of time. Yes. That's why I'm thinking I wonder if they're going to do it in some kind of an increment. So that they can show that they are making progress in this case.
1: Well, maybe. You
0: know, I like already we know Gio Gonzalez here already showed that the stuff he bought was illegal supplements. So his name is most likely going to be wiped off the list. Right. That's one name off. But he did it himself. He went and proved that what he bought from Biogenesis was legal supplements that aren't banned. Are any of these other players doing that? That's what I want to know. Right. So it's. It's going to be a big one, Mike. It's it really.
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I think both you and I are saying, uh, albeit we might be saying it in different ways, that it could be a while before this all gets worked out. Yep. Uh, and I think that in some respects, too, I think we all just ought to get prepared that even when it does come down, I think that there's going to continue to be a lot of legalistic haggling. Oh, yeah. That's going to go on well, after the well, yeah.
0: fact. I mean, we saw it with the whole uh, uh, Balco thing. Come on. You know, I mean, you know, look at all the legal battles that were going on there. I mean, that went on for years. Yeah. You know, and today it's still going on if you think about it. So,
1: all right, enough of uh, that. Let's
0: get into a little Hey,
1: look at there, Jonathan. We got into our two big topics that we talk about here on Fan Junkies Radio all the time. In one show. We did it in one show. The Lakers and PEDs.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And let me tell you, I had a blast talking with Julie. Julie, you schooled us on California sports. Yep. But that's what us East Coasters need. We need to learn about your teams because we only know, you know, A to Q. You have to teach us the rest. So, love that. That was good. Let's talk a little bit about hockey, Mike. Uh, Two teams we're going to talk about here, of course, one being the Phoenix Coyotes, the other one being the New Jersey Devils. Two possible teams that could eventually be different teams in the near future. Uh, today, Glendale officials down in Phoenix, Arizona, are scheduled to meet in private uh, to basically discuss the future of the Phoenix Coyotes, Mike, to see if they are going to be in Phoenix for the foreseeable future. I'm reading that they're going to at least be in Phoenix for one more season. Everything that's going down now, it's basically being haggled over 15 million dollars between uh, you know Phoenix and, and and that Renaissance Group that were that that were purchasing the Phoenix Coyotes, Mike. Correct. Um, you read what's going on. You've heard what's going on. Ultimately, in the end, do you see the Phoenix Coyotes in Phoenix for, who knows, the next five to ten seasons? Yeah, the
1: interesting thing that I'm reading from this one, and apparently the meetings that are taking place today are with the city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's city council uh, that apparently is considering the proposals being made uh, by by this uh, renaissance uh Sports entertainment uh, group. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm curious about that because, you know, obviously I don't live in in Phoenix. You got to wonder whether, I mean, is City Council fighting to keep the Coyotes there? You know what? I would think that some people on the council may actually want them to go, so as not to be the financial drain that they are.
0: They have to go, Mike. You know, it's it's a shame because I love the Phoenix Coyotes. I like where they are. But in the end, they got to go.
1: Well, I don't understand, too, why any realistic, reputable company as this Renaissance Sports and Entertainment Group might be. I can only assume that they are. If they've got the financial wherewithal to pull this off, why would they be interested in purchasing the Coyotes and leaving them there in Phoenix?
0: Yeah. I don't even know.
1: I I don't get it. Uh, and, uh, the, the other thing too is Jonathan, and we've talked about this one. What does the NHL want? I don't know. Uh, right, because the story
0: just... you know what the story constantly changes.
1: Exactly. You know, the you know what it, it's
0: the Coyotes are a financial drain not only in Phoenix right now but on the NHL as well. You think it would be in the NHL's best interest interest to yep. move them to a yep. city that's going to You know, just throw money at them. You would think it would be in Phoenix's best interest.
1: So if I'm an elected city council member, I got to do what's right for my constituency and for my city. Yeah. Uh, Why would I want to continue a relationship, a partnership with a sports franchise that is only. Turning out to be a financial drain.
0: Yeah. There's something going on down there because I
1: know. This is, the whole thing is weird. Yeah, because I read
0: about a week ago that there was discussions within the NHL of actually shutting down the Phoenix Coyotes for a full season. Correct. And now today it comes out that head coach Dave Tippett re signed with Phoenix for five years. What in the world? So, you know, they're they're bouncing us around.
1: There's something screwy going on here. Something <laughs> to order
0: down in Phoenix, huh?
1: I mean, it's it, it's a very very odd situation. You know, you and I both talked about. Look, I don't have
2: uh, I, I don't have I don't
1: have a stake in this. You know, yeah. I really don't care. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care whether Phoenix stays in Phoenix or doesn't. You know, but looking at the situation, you and I have talked about so many better places that the NHL would be represented than places like New Jersey and uh, uh, Phoenix. Um, and, you know, of course, now the Islanders are trying to address their issue. There are so many better places for the NHL to be represented. Yeah. So I don't really care whether they stay in Phoenix or not. If they want to stay in Phoenix, that's fine. Yeah. But I frankly think that uh, a, a NHL franchise would be better suited in other locales.
0: Yeah, I just looked it up, Mike. Uh, Sean Leahy over at Puck Daddy said that if Quebec were a strong possibility for the Phoenix Coyotes moving there – Dave Tippett most likely would not have re-signed with Phoenix. He did sign with Phoenix, however, because I believe he got word that it's either going to be Phoenix or Seattle, and his daughter and his grandchild both live in Seattle.
1: So, well, the, According to the article that, that uh, I sent over to you this morning from USA Today where they're talking about the fact that the city council is meeting today, yeah, it gave the impression it, – it gave a very good impression here at least. I mean that's the kind of tone – the article took that
0: this team is going to stay in Phoenix. I think the team will stay in Phoenix for another season, possibly two. The ice in Seattle and that arena will not be ready until 2014 15 season. Okay. So they might work something out to stay in Phoenix for now, but I just, in the end, Mike, this team is not generating money and nothing's going to fix that. Right. Because right. we've seen the Phoenix Coyotes go deep into the playoffs already. And nobody cared down in Phoenix. Well, right, exactly. So, and, and it's a shame because, I mean, they're not a bad team.
1: <laughs> no, they're not. They got a great head coach, a head coach that,
0: guess what, if he came out and said, I'm not re-signing with them, I guarantee you, he either would have signed with Vancouver, with Dallas, or with the New York Rangers because he would have been the hottest coaching candidate. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal coach. you know. But in the end, it's – What's going to happen? And it's going to continue to go on. We'll just keep updating people as we hear stuff and as we find things out. But, you know, the stuff, you know, the, the meetings are today down in Arizona. We'll talk more about it Monday if we hear anything. Yep. Another team, Mike, that could possibly be um, on the move eventually, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Mike Ozanian from Forbes put out an article that, uh, you know, we knew about their debt, Mike, that they borrowed $25 million from the uh, NHL. Right. They missed their first payment. Right now, it comes out that guess what? They have a two hundred and thirty million dollar debt to pay back. Wow, that's a lot of debt. You know, I mean, you look I, at that I, debt, and you have to you have to say the doubles aren't going to be no more probably.
1: You know, I, this can't go on. No, this cannot continue this way. Um, I haven't. Uh, you you sent the article over, and I see a lot of numbers, and I see a lot of structure kind of stuff. In this article, Jonathan, I've got to be honest. I haven't had a chance to read through the entire thing and kind of uh, synthesize it. Uh, there is something wrong with the way this team is financially structured. And I said that, I think, two days ago on Wednesday's program. And I'm saying it again in light of this particular uh, revelation. $230 million worth of debt. That is outrageous. This has to end.
0: Absolutely. Now, here, I can break it down a little bit for you. So, the Devils missed their first payment uh, of $3 million in April, and that was on the $170 million of loans it had restructured in December. Uh, Sources are telling them that owner Jeff Vanderbeek has $230 million of total debt tied to his ownership of the team and the Prudential Center. Some of the liabilities are tied to nearby real estate. The Devils' annual debt service is about $14 million. Okay. Okay. So it goes to show you right there. And by hearing that, you can only think of one thing the Devils are screwed. Now, you have to think to yourself, why is Gary Bettman allowing this kind of things to happen when teams like the Devils and the Phoenix Coyotes, they're just sucking money out of the NHL?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, at some point or another, push has got to come to shove, pardon the. The hackneyed phrase. As a commissioner, he shouldn't allow this to happen. Well, look, look. but at the
0: same time, if he does allow it to happen, and listen, I'm okay with giving loans to a team to help them out, Mike, especially a team like the New Jersey Devils because they are important. They mean a lot to the NHL. But you have to draw a line somewhere. You know, if you can't make your payments within two to three seasons, you know, you have to take drastic measures. I would think.
1: And that's probably what the NHL and Bettman did. They extended the loan to the Devils, probably with the assurance that they were going to get their act together, that the team was going to become viable, that they would pay the loan back. I am sure they're not going to extend any additional money to this organization. Now, in fact, the NHL and Bettman have leverage. Mm -hmm. Now they can say to uh, Vanderbeek, who's the owner, look... We're taking the team over, or you're selling it, or we're moving it, or whatever they determine that they're going to do in order to salvage
0: this situation. You know what? Get investors in. Got to do something.
1: He's got leverage. Bettman now has the leverage that he needs. Do not expect that there's going to be any more money extended to this franchise. It's not going to happen, Jonathan. Yeah. And it shouldn't happen.
0: Yeah, but remember, Vanderbeek is now the sole owner because he took over the 47% share from uh, Brick City Hockey back in January.
1: That's all fine. He's sole owner
0: of both the Devils and the Prudential Center. It's on him now. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If if I'm a
1: debtor of yours, okay, Mm -hmm. I can force you in in court if I wanted to that you must sell off your portion of ownership, say, of the Prudential Center. If I wanted to, I could take you to court and I could force the court to make you sell some of your assets off. Yeah. And that might be where it goes. Yeah. See, I don't understand why Vanderbeek holds 47% ownership in the Prudential Center. I think that's a
0: mistake. So now, here we go. Michael Ozanian of Forbes says that it is possible that the Devils could be sold through a prepackaged bankruptcy sale, just like we saw with the Dallas Stars back in 2011, Mike. And he said if that were to happen, bankers say the team and the lease to the Prudential Center would likely be sold for way under $200 million, which is a lot less than what they owe in debt. Whoa! There you go.
1: Well, you don't want that happening, do we? Nope. So what 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 alternative? What option does the NHL have at this point right
0: now? Uh, you don't uh,
1: want it going to bankruptcy court. So what can they do? I, wow. I don't know. This is a tough one.
0: I don't know. It, but it, something's it got
1: to be done. You can't. You can't. You can't let this continue to go on like this.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man.
1: It's a mess. You know, uh, they're talking about. You know, I, I made the comment the other day you know, when we were talking about Phoenix, and, you know, of course, the report then was that Phoenix could move as early as the summer, and I was bringing up all the logistics of moving that team as quickly as as that to get them moved by the summertime. Yeah. Uh, Forget Phoenix. Something's got to be done with this Devils team, and it's got to be done now. Mm -hmm. You can't let this go through another season
0: like this. Oh, it's got to be done now. It's got to be done quick. Yep. You know, real, real quick. So, oh, man, now... (laughs) Let's talk about this real quick, Mike. We have about 28 minutes left in the show. Aaron Hernandez of the New England Patriots. What a mess. What's going on over here? Uh, You know, the more stuff comes out, Mike, the more we could possibly say, yeah, Aaron Hernandez is probably about 99% guilty at the moment. Um, If not of murder, at least obstruction of justice and trying to cover it up. So basically be an accessory to the fact. Um, Now we got some more stuff coming out today that... Guess what? An an arrest warrant uh, has been issued for him, and now they're coming out saying not yet, but it will be issued for him. And the last time we spoke about it, we heard a couple of things. Now we have Queen and Cruz coming to his house Monday, uh, just a few hours after the killing, to scrub his house clean. He destroyed his home surveillance system, including videos, and he handed over to the cops a cell phone, his cell phone, that was broken into a gajillion pieces, man. This is insane. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely insane. If he wasn't guilty or he wanted to go off as not being guilty, everything he's doing is not painting that picture for him. No, it it doesn't look good. He looks guilty. Yes. I mean, he, he looks guilty. There is no other way to say it. Now, he left his house yesterday. He went to Gillette Stadium to the practice facility. Team officials met him, escorted him out of the business. He is banned from... Everything Patriots right now. Are you serious? Yeah. I did not. I was not aware of that. Yes, Ben. And also, another report coming out today. Um, I was, and, and, you know, this is being reported. Uh, I'm trying to figure out who is actually reporting it. Oh, Larry Brown Sports is talking about it right now. Somebody on Twitter, I guess one of the writers for the Patriots said that, you know, we all know he's got a lot of things going on. And, of course, a lot of stuff is coming out now. His stock draft – excuse me, his uh, draft stock, it just dropped because, uh, you know, teams are worried about gang-related activity with Aaron Hernandez. And now we actually got a report coming out now that he actually um, threatened Wes Walker a couple uh, – I guess about a season ago. Whoa. So, uh, you know, a lot of anger issues, a lot of uh, attitude problems, a lot of bad tempers from this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike, everything you've been hearing, and we've been hearing a lot (laughs) – where do you think this is going to go? Because I know exactly where it's going to be going right now.
1: Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Jonathan. I'm, uh, you know, and, and we talked only very, very briefly about this on last night's Five Minutes at the Frat House. Yes, uh, which will be out very shortly. In fact, I'm, it's uh, YouTube's just about ready to go with it. But uh, oh, dude. Um, we touched on it very, very briefly. But we also made the statement that we were going to reserve judgment on it until all of the facts become known.
2: Mm-hmm. Because as
1: you just pointed out, there are so many things that are being reported at this point. And in this world today where information flies so quickly and so many people are, are willing to put themselves down on the line, just be the first person to have story yes. up, yes. it turns out frequently to be inaccurate. I'm going to hold off any kind of judgment on this. Does it look good? No, it doesn't oh. look good. It doesn't look good from the very start. When the story broke on Tuesday afternoon, uh, did I post anything up about it? Yes, I posted up what was known at that particular time, which was that Aaron Hernandez was being investigated with regard to connection to a homicide. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I don't know how you can accuse him of obstruction of justice in, in, in this particular I, – I, I frankly don't think that's going to be – Because I he's destroying gonna, evidence. No, I understand. Yeah. That. That's I a understand. federal law in every state. But, we, but we're assuming that there was evidence to destroy. Well, supposedly the
0: they have video now of him possibly an hour, two hours before the guy got killed with him and that guy.
1: It. Okay, well, this is why I'm saying I want to wait on this uh, until all of it comes out. Because, see, you, the, very, the very fact that – what you're saying – They're saying, this is saying, this report is claiming. All right, claims, let's see it all come to fruition. It does not look good right now at this point. Um, I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't know what the outcome might be. I have no idea what, if any, uh, 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 role uh, Hernandez played in this. I don't know at this point. I'm just going to wait and see how it plays out.
0: I mean, listen, if his home security system is demolished, the cell phone they wanted from him is in pieces, handed to them by his attorneys, and they have records and and paper evidence of a cleaning crew in his house scrubbing his house from top to it's bottom. All circumstantial.
1: It's all circumstantial. Yeah,
0: it's that's all circumstantial. You can you,
1: you can try to connect the dots if you want, but that's not fair to do. We uh, can't sit here as a we cannot sit here as a public, and and blindly just connect the dots and say see see see. Yes, I would. I would agree with you that circumstantially, it does not look good. Which but is, I'm which not is exactly sit, what I said. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, uh, it, it certainly appears the guy is absolutely guilty. I'm not going to say that. I don't know yet. You know, uh, that's that's where I'm. That's where I am with it. Well, on a lighter there. note,
0: uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin has offered to uh, buy Robert Kraft a uh, new Super Bowl ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Wow, the New England Patriots get some good news today.
0: It's great. You know what? The circus left the Judson and went to New England. I like it.
1: You're not kidding. I mean, what? you got to wonder. I mean, uh, where, where Tebow goes, trouble follows, I'll tell you.
0: Oh. Like My I, goodness. Like I told Sebastian, I think the, uh, you know what, the bargain that uh, Bill Belichick made with the Devils running out.
1: Oh, you're not. There's kidding. one tight end held
0: together by stitches, his others on a murder rap right now, and uh, God sent Tim Tebow there to uh, cleanse them. So I like it.
1: Oh, not right.
0: Here's another funny thing, man. we got to end the show with this. Uh, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, not a big fan of them. So I got a kick out of this where uh, he actually got into a Twitter fight with an NFL mascot. Yes, he got into a fight with Jackson DeVille, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jaguar mascot. Pretty funny. It, it It came down to the point where... Florida didn't know what to do and was getting known by this mascot that he actually had to throw out the traffic numbers to his website.
1: Yeah, it, it, really. Yes. You know, this is like, in in some respects, this is like arguing with a with a with an eight year old. Yes. You know, seriously, I, I, I'm reading through the uh, the 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 <laughs> I Twitter. thought it was damn funny, man. <laughs> I'm reading through the Twitter feed right now, and. Florio couldn't look worse. He looks so stinking immature, it's not even funny. This is ridiculous.
0: Well, the funny thing is, Jackson, uh, Jackson DeVille threw out the last tweet. He got the last word. And he said to Mike Florio, I can keep busting you up all night, but I got important things to do, like cleaning my litter box. Now go copy and paste.
2: <laughs> I love that.
0: I love that. Let me tell you, big shout out to Jackson.
1: Oh, wow. I mean wow, that's a singer right there. Woo That this is this is so stupid. It is stupid, but it's damn funny, man. Uh Florio, you just look like an ass. Honest to God, you look like an ass. We have to save this one for dumbass Monday.
0: Yeah?
1: Well it's dumbass Friday. There you go. Dumbass every day.
0: Hey, hey, be nice. We do have a few dumbasses though to talk about, uh today at least anyway. So you got Mike Florio. You got Aaron Hernandez. Huh. And uh we spoke a lot of about a lot of dumbasses out with the Lakers and with the Angels and Dodgers as well, so that's pretty cool.
1: That's good. That's right. Well, that's right.
0: You know what, Mike? It's that time to end our show. On this lovely Friday.
1: Yeah, we got uh we got things to do on a beautiful uh first day of summer.
0: Lots of things to do. Um Just to give everybody a heads up, over the uh, next few weeks, uh, Jim Williams is going to be joining uh, Mike to co-host some of these shows with him. As I won't be here, I'm getting married on the 13th of July, so uh, it's time for a vacation for me. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. I hope you have fun, and I hope you take over from from what I do. And any chance you get, you have to knock Mike's age.
1: Oh, listen to this. You have to.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. very nice very nice <laughs> I'll text them for my honeymoon and let them know that
1: <laughs> I'm sure you will
0: <laughs> no I'm just kidding no but yeah but seriously uh, yeah so uh, Jim Williams will be co-hosting uh, these shows a yeah. in January and a few uh, excuse me a, f- a few in July and a few in uh, August for... we'll
1: let everybody know as they come up
0: yeah we miss Jim Williams on this show we got to get him on before that though with us so absolutely I miss having Jim on here with us so that's good um, like Monday
1: next week too right Monday next week one,
0: next week too unfortunately had a uh, funeral to go to all right Next week, uh, excuse me, tomorrow, 1 p.m.,
1: Mike? 1 p.m., 1 p.m., yes. Yeah.
0: Frat House Saturday right here on the Fan Junkies Network. You can listen into Five Minutes at the Frat House with Mike McShane, hosting live, gotcha. and then a recorded with, guess what, Mike McShane and our very own friend, the sidekick, Dave Weimer. Um, he loves the St. Louis team. So if you want Colin and him, bash him in the St. Louis team. He'll so like that. There you go. Uh, so yeah, we, you know, once again, let's just send out a special thank you to Julie Bueller from uh, 1010 KXPS out in California, host of Bueller's Day Off every Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. to 5 p. Uh, to, excuse me, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. and you can listen to that on Team1010.com if you aren't out in Cali. Great show! They also even stream it on UStream. We love Julie. Great, great person. We'd love to have her back on here in the future. I'm sure we will because Mike absolutely sports. sports.
1: Oh, yeah. She, she was terrific. Uh, just great insight, and there's going to be plenty of times that we're going to want to just pull her in to talk about something major that happened in uh, one of those California teams. Yes. Uh, r- real quick, let me just point out, too, that uh, you, you say it's 1 to 4 p.m. 1 to 4 p.m.
0: Pacific. Uh,
1: Pacific time, so right. you have to add a couple of hours uh, depending on your uh, time zone.
0: Yes, and that's team1010.com, KXPS out. And and it, you, sa- you said it, uh, does
1: stream, it does stream over on the Internet, doesn't yes, it? Yes,
0: they do. Yes, they okay. do. I, actually listen to, uh, I, I do listen to Julie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to check it
0: out. do listen to you uh, out here on the East Coast in uh, New York and in Philadelphia, so you even got the East Coasters listening to you. You know, you know your stuff, and we enjoy it. So Absolutely. Keep up the great work over there. Uh, next Friday, Mike, Yep. good show. We are going night hours, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Joining us uh, next Friday is former NHL defenseman Jason Strudwick, played with the Rangers, the Oilers, the Blackhawks, and a couple other teams. We're going to be talking about his career with those teams, the current NHL Stanley Cup finals and we hopefully will have a uh, Stanley Cup champion by then Mm -hmm. and uh, some current uh, NHL stuff so it's going to be a lot of fun there looking forward to that so don't forget tomorrow 1pm Eastern time right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network you can listen in to 5 minutes at the Frat House on a very special Frat House Saturday
1: and our guys last night had their uh, sports blogger program,
2: right? That's right.
0: Sports blogger was last night. It was a good one. If you didn't listen to it, jump on yeah. blogtalkradio.com forward slash junkies, and you can listen to the archived version. Absolutely. Very, very good episode with John Leary and Scott Baloney. So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Enjoy your Friday, and have a great, great weekend. Catch you tomorrow.